Now, if somebody, if I went to you and I wanted to lease, um, uh, let's say, a gasoline-powered van, and somebody else wanted to lease a electric van, are the costs the same? They're close. Not, not the cost of operation, but the cost of leasing it from you. Cost of leasing. It's close. We, we run deals on both, uh, depending on where the location is. Uh, but it's, it's generally pretty close now. And that's sort of uh, strategically what we're thinking is um, on the TCO, you can make it work on the van side. It's really, really close. Um, the premium on the electric, which will come down over time, of course, like any new technology. But it's already pretty close. It's when you get to the, the tractors, there's there's a wider premium, uh, as you would probably expect. Um, but on the van side, yeah, very, very close. Uh, doesn't require, you know, huge amounts of, you know, DC fast charging that can, uh, again, impact the TCO, charge it overnight, off-peak hours. Um, yeah, that's that's where it really works. Now, you, you mentioned that you're going to be doing some straight trucks. Um, you're going to be adding those to the fleet, just two of them. This is a fairly big step, though, I would think. This would be a fairly big step for you to add those. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, brand new technology. You know, I've been in this space um, well, on the utility side since 2015 to think that, um, but, you know, at that time I, I drove a Nissan Leaf and I loved that car. It got about 80 miles of range. Um, not, a, not a big car. To think that we're electrified straight truck. Uh, is is really remarkable. Eight years later, uh, it just shows you how fast the technology is moving. Um, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't seem that way, but to think then and now is is unbelievable that you could uh, electrify such a large piece of equipment. Um, we're we're anxious to get those. We have a line of customers wanting to try that. I think everyone's anxious to see how payload impacts range, how weather impacts range, um, and just you know you know, get the driver feedback. Uh, the charging feedback. So uh, there's a lot of excitement around that. It'll, it'll be Q1 of next year uh, in Southern California. So um, a really, really remarkable feat of technology and kudos to, to Freightliner and Daimler and, and uh, everyone else in the market. Now, how much of this, when a company leases a vehicle from you, electric vehicle, why? I mean, we talked about total cost of operation, but we know also that uh, companies have um, ESG goals. Companies have uh, zero carbon emission goals, uh, net zero goals. How much of that is driving it versus ECO, which is uh, maybe a benefit, but not overwhelmingly a benefit at this point? Yeah, I say I say it's a few things. One, you hit on. Um, you know, our, a lot of our customers are very big customers. They're public companies. Uh, they have stated in, in public filings their ESG goals. So uh, that's one. Uh, two is marketing. Um, what we see a lot of customers do, and, and we, we've done it in our rental fleet, just really splashy-looking uh, vans and trucks that uh, you know let everyone know they're electric. It really is great marketing, um, and they look really cool. It really, really stands out. And three is to win business. Um, you know, we have a customer that delivers to um, you know, a lot of Ivy League schools, and you know, when, when bids for business are going out, they can say, hey, we're going to come into your university and back, you know, how many X times per month with zero emission. And uh, that's a big deal for a lot of people. Um, you see that at the ports in Southern California as well. We can deliver to you uh, zero emission or operation at the port, zero emission. Um, so those are the main reasons. And then, of course, starting um, a little bit next year and then in full force in 2025 and in California and maybe a couple other places. 
Uh, you're just going to have to do it. So yeah, I mean, how, into how, how much of your business is driven by California? You've got two things out there. You've got regulations, and you also have incentives like the low carbon fuel standard. I don't know uh, if, if your users benefit from the LCFS if they're using that. But how much of a base is California kind of like your base? And not just you, really, any company that's involved in this, and then others, other states on top of that, but using California kind of as the foundation. Yeah, California is um, it's definitely going to be the leader for the next several years, if anything, just because of the regulations that are coming. But interestingly enough, our first rental of an electric van was in Wisconsin. Our first lease was in South Florida. Um, we've had a lot of interest in the New York area, uh, Texas. So I think on the van side, since you're not really paying this giant premium, um, it's not just specific to California. I think when you get to the straight trucks, which we're putting in California, the tractors, um, those sorts of things, uh, California is going to lead the way. I think um, you know Canada, Quebec, there's some really nice incentives up there, kind of the, the California uh, of Canada. So, um, you know, yard tractors, that has been everywhere, Kentucky. Uh, so uh, it's, I think California is the leader, but it's definitely happening everywhere. Does Ryer assist in establishing uh, charging infrastructure if a company's interested in doing it, but they need uh, the, the recharging facilities as well, but don't have them? Yeah, I mean, 99% of the time, at least where we're at now, the, the trucks are going to charge where they're domiciled. So that's what the customer has to think about is charging. Um, that's the space I came out of, and the utility was charging infrastructure. Uh, we do have two partners in that space, uh, ChargePoint and InCharge Energy, that help customers along. I mean, when you think about uh, charging infrastructure, it's really the first thing you got to think about. And it's not, you know, we, we talked about the splashy van. You know, it's not as sexy as the splashy van, but uh, obviously you're not going to get too far without it. But even before you put in the hardware, there's like 10 things you got to do before that. Um, when you talk about, you know, trenching and pulling conduit and just the whole infrastructure piece. Uh, and really what I try to get our customers to think is, okay, you want to do two vans now, say you want to do, you know, 30 going forward. You don't want to, we used to say in utility, you don't want to cut concrete twice. So let's just pull all that conduit now. Let's, you know, stub up for the future. So you don't have to go in there and do it again. You don't have to put a charging station there now, but when the time comes, it'll be very easy. So there's really a lot of future-proofing on the front end that uh, customers have to do. So there's there's a lot of steps just even leading up to the charging infrastructure. So that's why we thought it was important to, you know, we have some in-house knowledge, but, but have some partnerships in that arena as well. What's the next logical step, the next logical addition to your fleet? Obviously, you've got a, a big step going forward with these straight trucks. You talked about the, the freight liners. What, what, what's kind of your, your dream to then go after that? You know, you do have... Uh, the drainage uh, re restrictions and requirements in California that are going to get real tight after January 1st. Is that a target area? That's a target area. Um, really looking forward to seeing how the tractors develop. I mean, straight trucks, I talked about that being such a, a technological feat, uh, but to get an actual tractor, um, you know, we've tested those, we've demoed those. Um, we have these customers that have those on order. Um, we've said we're a major reservation holder for the Tesla Semi when that comes out. Um, so that, that part is exciting. You know, uh, I think anytime um, Tesla is involved, um, we see what they've, how they disrupted the passenger car side. Um, will that happen on the tractor side? So 
Um, those are all things that that will evolve over the next few years, and I think that's that's what's gotten people excited. That and and, and the charging. So again, going back to 2015, it was a you know a 15 or a 50 kW charger that was like charging really fast. And now you now you hear companies talking about megawatt charging. So um, again, huge technology jumps in the space. So very very exciting to see what comes next. Are you concerned about supply? I know that there have been the occasional news stories recently about uh, auto manufacturers being disappointed with their sales. Uh, not necessarily that they're pulling back, but you, you, you've got to worry a little bit about ensuring that there's enough vehicles out there for this transition. In the near term, yes. Um, you know, some of it, yeah, has been you know just driven by the market. Um, there's a lot of competition for battery cells across the globe uh, with so many passenger cars being electrified. Those are short-term issues. There are um, at least a dozen battery manufacturing plants being built in the U.S. That's typically always been uh, China, South Korea, Japan. So those are sprouting up all over the U.S. That's going to give a huge surge to the battery industry. Uh, should lower prices with more supply. Um, I think when, the, when you start to see those come online, uh, you'll see prices drop, uh, and you'll see some of this, you know, some of these pauses in, in production and manufacturing subside. Yeah, how, how much has the cost curve bent overall, let's say, in the last four or five years? You've been doing this for a while. Are you really impressed by how much that, that cost curve has bent? Yeah, it used to be 2010, it was probably close to $1,000 per kilowatt hour for a battery. Uh, now we're, we've gotten below 200. Uh, last year, it went up for the first time ever. Um, I think it's starting to subside again, just with all the um, sort of geopolitical issues. I mentioned the huge surge in demand from the passenger car, the car space. Um, but I think that's starting to subside a little bit. But yes, it's it's come down um, uh, so quickly over the last you know 10, 15 years. And I think the you know, looking at some of the um, projections over the next five, ten years, it'll keep going down again as more supply comes online. Okay. Darren Epps of Rider, we want to thank you for joining us to talk about Rider's uh, activities in electric vehicles here at F3. I'm John Kingston. Please stay with us.